What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the New Money Podcast, uh, where every week, Mike and I discuss the happenings in the financial technology space. The basic idea is we are seeing an amazing uh, explosion of products for everyday investors, um, whether it's for your savings or your investment, that are growing in the landscape. And we just feel like as, as a investor, investors ourselves, we want to understand what's going on, where can we put our money, um, what opportunities are available to us. And so uh, each week we just break down the news and, and different products that we find interesting. And uh, you know, like always, this isn't financial advice. We're not advising you to buy any specific securities. Um, this is all just informational um, you know, purpose content to help you understand what your options are uh, as somebody who's interested in investing. So we're hoping to give you a pretty human overview today. We're going to be discussing CoinMine, the at-home uh, crypto miner. I'm going to talk about my experience setting up Betterment. We're going to discuss uh, Samsung's new phone, Tip and Me, uh, and maybe a few other things. So welcome to the show and what's going on, Mike? Hey, man. Lots of news this week. Uh, I'm so excited about today's show. Um, but first, I got to give you major props Last week, we talked about uh, your visionary um, brain was just like exploding with this great idea that, you know, what if Twitter enabled this lightning network uh, ability to tip someone or just to, you know, exchange value for ideas. And days later, it's blowing up uh, in the news with uh, Tip and me and, you know, Jack uh, even getting involved in it. So props on the visionary uh the visionary powers there, man. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was I was joking that uh, I had a tweet actually in my buffer for I think a few weeks from now, just scheduled out to share more about this idea, which was instead of having a heart button on Twitter, um, what if you had a lightning bolt and every time you tap the lightning bolt, you actually could send a micro payment to someone um, instead of just a like for no reason, just to give someone good vibes. You know, why not send five cents, ten cents for? For good content and um, if you want to hear more about that they can go to the previous week's show uh, but thanks man yeah it was it was I was amazed at how quickly that came together and how they also used the lightning symbol um, which was sort of how I thought they should do it so that was pretty cool to see and and we can jump into uh, tip and me I think a bit later in the show uh, news from from my end I just paid my taxes uh, so that's, yeah, we're now in uh, February, so I'm doing pretty good on timing. Um, and what I found interesting about paying my taxes this year, uh, was I mailed checks because the ePay, um, wasn't really working for me for some reason. And it just sort of had me thinking about checks and this idea of like, you know, I know some businesses still use checks pretty frequently, but I really, that might be the only check I write all year. Um, and I think in 20 years, 30 years, we might look back and see this paper check model of, you know, sending it through the post office as sort of a crazy, <laughs> crazy thing to do. Um, and if checks become a crazy thing to do, I actually think maybe the next step is credit cards being something that you, you use plastic to, you know, pay for stuff, but that's a discussion for another time. But I just found it interesting as I mailed in a large sum of money um, yeah, through the post office. I just felt like it was, it's sort of interesting for the context of the show. <laughs> yeah. There's some of those legacy institutions that are just, they're going to be the laggards. I still see quite a few checks uh, with some of the businesses that I 
work with, uh, it really seems like businesses are the ones that are using it to exchange or to pay for specific invoices, things like that. Um, but man, it would make things a lot easier if they would catch up. Yeah, those are probably some of the last things to, to go. Um, so let's discuss CoinMine. Um, you know, each, each episode we like to sort of jump into the details of one specific product that you may not have heard of uh, that is a place that could potentially be a, uh, an investment or an opportunity for savings um, or just a cool financial product you can sign up for. And yeah, today, today we're discussing CoinMine. Now, CoinMine, the, the very brief idea of what it is, is um, if you're trying to mine your own cryptocurrency, which is a method by which uh, effectively individuals around the world can actively participate in a blockchain network to assist the network in functioning in some capacity. Uh, there's staking, there's mining, etc. cetera. Um, it's a way that you can actually accumulate cryptocurrency without buying it yourself. And previously, before CoinMine, this was something where you had to have a lot of knowledge about computers. You had to buy expensive uh, you know, GPUs and hard drives and, and ship them to your house and put together a rig yourself. And so this company, CoinMine, based out of LA, they said, what if we made mining crypto dead simple? What if we gave people a beautiful, uh, elegant product that you can just literally purchase from us? It'll be shipped to your door. It's connected to your phone. You fire it up and we handle all of the processing behind the scenes for you. We handle the hardware setup for you. Just plug it in. Um, and because it's, uh, it's also uh, integrated with software, it can update over time. Um, so the premise of CoinMine is really an at-home miner that looks beautiful, that is dead simple to set up, uh, that helps individuals get started mining cryptocurrency without having to have any knowledge about uh, doing the setup yourself. So that was their innovation. Um, you know, it's a fairly new company. I think even on their website today, they still sort of say that they're taking pre-orders, although I know it's shipping out. Um, and, and yeah, let's, let's kind of discuss like whether or not, you know, I was pretty interested when I, when I first saw it, I think you had the same reaction. Same. I mean, I really, really want this to be, uh, an economic, um, and smart purchase. I would buy one this minute. Um, if that were the case, it's just, it's beautifully designed, seems very easy. And it's something that, you know, if you do have that, uh, cryptocurrency itch, it does kind of scratch that for you. It, it, it allows you to participate in something that up to this point is like very, very difficult. Like I've been interested in mining, but I just don't have the time to uh, dedicate to learning all the things that I would need to know. So they've taken all that slack out of it for you. And it's a beautifully designed, the website's beautiful. Um, I just get stuck on the economics of it. And you know, that's obviously one of the reasons you do this. So yeah. So what's the price point and what, uh, what do you, what is the sort of economic incentive that you're seeing, uh, and also unsure about? Yeah. So the way I broke it down, the price of one of these units is $799, um, $799. And you can mine a few different types of, uh, cryptocurrencies. The, you can't mine Bitcoin on it. Um, so the next best or the next most known is Ethereum. Um, and I was kind of doing the math of like, what is a, what is the 
how, how long does it take to return your money, this $7.99 investment? So just doing some basic math um, on today's prices this morning. Ethereum's trading for around $149 right now. So essentially that is about 5.3 Ethereum. If you were just going to take that $799 today and just invest it in Ethereum on its own, it could get you about 5.3 Ethereum. Um, and then kind of going into some of the like hash rates and the expected returns um, on the actual mining operation. Um, the Ethereum, it, it, uh, it mines at 30 mega hash per second, which that is the, basically the way that uh, mining is measured is, is either mega hash or peta hash or just these different hash rates. Um, and plugging that into an Ethereum mining calculator, which you can find on the internet, just searching those terms, um, this rig would, would generate about $190 based on today's price in um, Ethereum, which would make it about 4.2 years to recover your $799 investment. And one of the things to point out there is that, you know, I was thinking about this selfishly from my perspective. I uh, am moving to a co-working space where I don't have to pay for electricity. So I even plugged in zero electricity costs. So if you're paying for electricity, you know, the, the return is even a little bit further out because you know that cost is not factored in on my end so thinking about that you know 4.2 years to return the 799 initial investment everything after that would be pure profit um but then i was thinking about it like you know if i can just buy 5.3 ethereum that investment is probably a smarter one than than uh running a a mining rig for 4.2 years so that's what held me up in making a purchase. I want to, I want to buy one of these. I think they're awesome. Yeah. Math doesn't make sense. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and so I think the question is like, who is the target demographic for CoinMine at this stage? And it's something that quite likely the team at CoinMine also understands, which is, I think that the demographic they're trying to sell to now is not somebody who's trying to, this sounds crazy, but um, it's not somebody who's trying to make money necessarily off of the mining. Uh, I think it's actually for somebody who they are so invested in crypto as an emerging technology that they actually just want to purely participate, yet they don't have the uh, knowledge or time to set up their own miner. So I think it's sort of interesting, you know, I think, you know, both you and myself and probably other people are interested in buying it because it looks great, because we want to participate but, you know, if we don't just have $7.99 to, to just spare and throw at something for just for the pleasure of it, I suppose, like for the, the feeling you would have seeing it in the corner of your room, knowing you're participating in a technology, like that's what you're really buying. Um, and I agree. I think it just doesn't make sense. Now, if we were to be discussing this uh, with them on a call, let's say, uh, I'm sure they would push back a little bit and say, you know, well, there's some emerging cryptocurrencies that you can mine um, that you can't purchase, one of which is Grin, um, which was uh, a pretty hyped up, I guess, crypto uh, that you could be mining with CoinMine that you wouldn't be able to purchase yourself. So in some ways, uh, I think that's a little bit of their value add and offer is like participate in new networks and in new, um, mine new coins early that you wouldn't be able to buy on the open market. Um, but again, I think that's a pretty speculative uh, a bet. And so I think your point, which it was funny how it took me a little bit to actually realize this is like, wait, I could just spend the $7.99 directly buying whatever crypto I choose. Yeah. Um, 
So I want to get yeah. your thought on this, something else yeah. on this. So sure. I'm looking at, I'm on their site right now and you know, it says that you can run, you will soon be able to run a full lightning node um, with this. Uh, how does that change this in your head? Uh, I, I don't know if it really changes anything too much um, to me. I think it's like great that uh, lightning will continue to be adopted by more people because um, we want to see that scale the way we, we see Bitcoin mining scale, just because it, helps sort of bootstrap that network. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think potentially in the future, potentially in the future, CoinMine could become a very profitable thing to own um, depending on how it's used. So this is probably a, a discussion for a different day, but um, with staking or lending, um, I think there's some interesting opportunities for, for getting a return there and that are maybe gonna be more available down the road as some of these networks mature. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess it's possible in the future that CoinMine might, that investment opportunity might become more attractive. But if we're taking today's market dollars and today's prices uh, and today's uh, available coins, I suppose, then I'm not sure if that's the case. Yeah, I think, you know, if you go this route, you're, you're basically betting on the fact that the cryptocurrency that you're going to mine between now and then will be much more valuable in the future, in which case you should just buy the cryptocurrency in my yeah. opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think it's, it's funny because we both feel this, this sort of like pull because we're like, man, but we also still want to buy one. We're also pumped about what they're doing. Um, they did such a great job on the execution. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping that they hit a transition point where that becomes profitable uh, to own or, or that timeline of, um, you know, investment ROI shortens, um, and, and yeah, cause then maybe we'll pick one up. So it's sort of like, you know, kudos to the team. It's, it's a really, I think it's a breakthrough product. Uh, but I'm just not sure if the economics necessarily make sense. And, and honestly, if we look at the technology adoption curve, this is pretty common. Um, the early adopters of many different technologies way overpay on the, the value. Um, and, and as the costs come down and as, uh, the technology improves, then you know later stages of uh, consumers start buying, and, and it's a better investment um, for them at that point. Um, so I, I think it's normal that the wealthier segment or the early adopter segment overpays for new technology. So um, yeah, I, I think that's that's sort of uh, probably most of what we want to cover here with Coinmine. Coinmine.com, you should check it out. Um, it's interesting to see what they're doing. Was there anything else that kind of came to mind around that that you feel like is worth sort of bringing up in today's episode, Mike? No, man, I think we nailed yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, you know, both Mike and myself, not only are we consistently sort of just always looking around and seeing what's happening in the, in the fintech, quote unquote, financial technology uh, landscape, but we're also exploring products ourselves. Last week, we talked about how we ordered this, the new Square debit card. Uh, you know, we're not experts on this subject. We are just exploring and, and hoping to provide information um, that you can then take and get inspired and, and go explore yourself. And so last week, um, after hearing about it on every podcast for about, you know, three years in the advertisements, I finally signed up for Betterment. Uh, I was actually discussing with a sibling of mine, uh, saving and investing. And I was like, you know what, I want to check out this, this uh, application and see how it works. So Betterment is effectively a robo-advisor, what we'd call a robo-advisor, which basically means that 
you invest your money with them, you set a risk tolerance, and they invest capital for you. You don't, you don't have to really think about it. Um, and right off the bat, right off the bat, when you go to the Betterment website, it's pretty interesting. Um, just the way they position themselves in the market, you know, and there's a few other companies, but we were sort of joking. Uh, they've, I think they've taken a very start smart branding strategy. And Mike, I think you sort of saw it a little bit different. What was your reaction, I guess, to, to signing up for, or just checking out Betterment? So I've got, I've been, served many ads from Betterment. And uh, I think their like main spokeswoman is Maggie Siff, who is, uh, she is, I believe the actress from Sons of Anarchy. And I think she was the, the she was the girlfriend of the main character. His name's uh, kind of escaping me right now. I think her name was Tara on that show. And, you know, she's, may get killed for this but she's not like a she's she's a little rough in in a lot of the photography it's very dark um contrasty imagery and to me that seems very interesting i'm so used to seeing from a branding standpoint these companies just everyone's so happy and beautiful it's just like not that she's not a beautiful actress but like it's just the photography is very contrasty and i think it's the mood is very dark and i don't I don't get it. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. <laughs> okay. So somehow for me, when I, I first checked out the website, um, it actually weirdly like felt really great and like right to me. Um, I think, you know, I guess what I would say is that using a spokesperson, the reason a brand would do that is because it builds trust. So, you know, the reason that that uh, the Allstate guy and that Allstate voice that he has, where he, are you in good hands? And like, He's, he's always on there. He used to be the president on a TV, different TV show, you know, mm-hmm. previously. Um, I think what that does is it instills, when we see a familiar face, uh, it instills a bit of trust. And Betterment's mission is to help you save for retirement. And it's trying to be sort of this one-stop shop for like taking care of you through your entire life's investment. Um, and so... I guess to me, if if I'm their brand team, it's really like, how can we as, as quickly as possible show that we are reputable and trusted um, as a brand? And I think, I guess the spokesperson to me is sort of the reason why they do that. It's like this familiar face and it's, it's you've maybe already built trust, even if the, some of their previous characters were, were sort of someone different. Um, so that's sort of interesting. And I'm looking at another login screen they have and they have a bunch of other faces. And I'd be curious if those people um, are famous in some way as well. Um, I'm not, I'm not totally sure, but, um, so anyways, I, I think the other thing that I was really blown away by with betterment was, and I feel like we've been saying this on a few different shows, but the onboarding was phenomenal. Um, the simplicity of the site was just so intuitive. Um, and I just really love the way they sort of break down, uh, and introduce themselves as a brand. So they have this great thing that basically says like there's three different kind of customer types. There's the new investor, there's the hands-off investor, and there's the hands-on investor. And like you basically just pick one of those three paths and they just continually as you onboard onto this application, uh, yeah, they just make it so easy for you just to like respond. So it's not like you're going and doing stuff. It's like, I feel like it's all leading you with the right next question. 
which was yeah, amazing. I think what they've done really well, and you know, I don't have the experience that you have with the actual platform and on onboarding, but you know, contrasting this with you know some of how how I do some of my investing through like E-Trade, they're speaking your language. Uh, the way they bucket uh, different pieces of the the modules, they call it retirement, build wealth, safety net. They give you an indicator if you're on track, off like that's the way that we think about things. And I think that's an area where, you know, in E-Trade or these more sophisticated or, you know, legacy brokerages, they just, they don't do it that way. They do it the way the industry has always done it. And I think that's why a betterment or, you know, similarly situated products are getting millennials and people who are new to investing because, you know, they're speaking the language that we speak. Yep. Yeah. It's firm, and sort of respected. And I think that's sort of the brand, like uh, just how you feel, but then it's very human. And they have this great little chart that says, start your investment plan. And it's just, I am blank years old and blank, retired, not retired, you know, whatever. And my annual income is blank. And if you just fill those in and hit get started, they already put you on this like path and journey. Um, so yeah, I, I, they have an opinion and it's amazing. And yeah, I just am really blown away by their branding. So, so who is Betterment for? I think while they, while they likely are for a wide ranging group of people, I think you sort of nailed it in what you just touched on. Um, whereas E-Trade is trying to potentially capture the day trader, somebody who wants to be really active in their investment. Betterment is trying to build a, and foster a relationship with you that's starts out really strong and then um, actually lets the user be very hands-off. Um, and so the sophistication is actually um, dialed down and it's, it's a bit more human in that way. Um, so yeah, I, I think the only other thing I note in just using the platform, I'm definitely going to continue using Betterment, but, uh, and maybe we'll just cover them yeah, at a later date in an individual episode, but one thing they did really well was they have this like goal setting um, piece of the application mm-hmm. that basically lets you type in like certain goals. And then um, there's this chart that shows you how much you'd have to save per month to reach that. And you could almost even assign those goals as like home deposit or new car or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I kind of felt like in a good way, not that I was like scolded by the platform, but it was like, I was like, here's a goal that I have. And then you can fill in uh, how much you think you should save to reach that goal. And I type in a number that like, okay, maybe I'll save 250 a month for that or whatever. And the platform immediately is like, that's unreal. Like, what do you like? That's totally unrealistic. (laughs) (laughs) Like if you want that, like you need to do much better. And here's the plan that you should be on. Um, So that was interesting. People need guidance, especially when it comes to money. And I think the way you're describing it is, you know, even myself years ago, I was looking for a, you know, a human financial advisor to answer some of these questions for me. Cause I think we all have so, like, how much should I be saving today? Like, what does this get me? And I think that's like a general level of guidance that we all want and need and legacy platforms like E-Trade, you know, most financial advisors, it, it, it's a more difficult question than it should be. And if they're making that easy to set a target, then, I think there's a lot of value that would help a lot of people. Yeah. No, I love it. it on, the web, on the website, it says, we'll help you decide how much to invest. And I think that's the exact moment that I talked about. Is I had an idea of what I thought I should be doing. And it was like, no, you're so off. This is what you need to do. Um, 
Awesome. So yeah, I think if you're, if you're someone looking, yeah, we'll kind of wrap it there, but if, if you're somebody looking to have a really human hands-off experience for how you're either saving for retirement or investing your money into the market, um, I'm yeah, really, really liking Betterment. I'll continue to use it. Um, but yeah, maybe we can talk about them another time after I, I use it a bit more. Yeah. I'd love um, to hear your thoughts in, in a little while. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. So circling back, uh, to the, how we kind of started the show tip in, not me. So like we kind of expressed earlier, the premise of tip in, not me is that you can set up a Chrome extension that allows you to tip anybody online very quickly using the lightning network, which is a layer two um, component of Bitcoin, which basically just means it's a, a way to transact Bitcoin um, in a pretty seamless manner and even in really low volume. So like, you know, five cents or something like that. Uh, and it was just really interesting to see somebody built this solution where uh, if you're on a social network like Twitter, you can message somebody or you can send five cents or 10 cents or whatever you want to send um, instead of liking. And like that, that's a fundamental change to social networks. Yeah, I'm, my brain kind of explodes when I think of where this could go. Um, I just imagine a time in, you know, five years where independent journalists can produce amazing content and you can support them um, instantly. And it's just a, a great way to put your money where your mouth is. If you want to see more from that person, it, it's a great way to to do it. And there are things that kind of leverage off of this idea that you can't even think of right now, but are going to be amazing. <laughs> it, it, it just is kind of like a, a gateway, like yeah. what's possible from here. Yeah, really it's a change that the technology now allows us that if you double tap your thumb, you can send money to somebody. And I think we'll still have to see whether that proves out in terms of um, will thousands of people do that for their favorite creators? Will a, a, something that goes viral capture tons of value in return for going viral? Um, I think it's yet to be seen whether or not that's validated, but it's just exciting to see that we are almost at a stage where sending money will be that easy. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a scary uh, progression as well. If you think of like that Black Mirror episode where uh, people like kind of, pedal on the bikes like is it kind of starting to go down that path where all value and worth can be generated on a phone and if you're not getting those <laughs> lightning tip payments and mm. you know is that like a psychological i don't know it just kind of opens up a, a different um well path. sure and and well, another way of looking at it is, and I think it's sort of interesting, is the, the modern influencers today. So let's say somebody's spending a, a huge deal of time on Instagram, building a following. Unless they have sponsors or, or they're doing collaborative paid advertisements, they're doing all of that for free. Like it's sort of interesting to think about uh, how much time someone might spend curating or creating content really just for the pleasure of getting some likes, you know, a thousand likes on your post. And it, it, yeah, the question is, how does that dynamic change if instead of a thousand likes, you're getting a thousand dollars or more, you know, granted on YouTube, you get a payout 
based on views, but it's pretty small. And, and really the money's always aggregating up to the network instead of to the creators on the network. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's through a third yeah. party managed through a third party. I don't know if this is direct peer to peer, if it goes through tip and me and uh, it seems more, more direct than like it a is. YouTube payout, obviously. So definitely. And it, it probably can't be blocked or censored the way that maybe YouTube would. Um, so my, my prediction, I think here for this, you've been is, right once. <laughs> I don't know. So the second <laughs> prediction, well, so I think the first thing is the question is, will people use this at scale? Uh, and I'd say it's already validated through Twitch, which you can tip creators through Twitch. So that makes me think that um, it's viable that people will sort of pay in this way. My, I think my broader prediction here would be that um, content actually begins capturing more value and therefore becomes uh, a bigger market uh, because I don't think we're really totally seeing the content market size because it's more valued based on the, the aggregator company that's aggregating that content. Like we look at Facebook and Facebook's um, yeah. size. So like, I actually think what we'll see is like this, I don't know how we define it, but this creator market quote unquote um, actually explode in, in um, market cap, I suppose. So it's a good time to be a creator because a mechanism for payment uh, will exp- basically really expand that market. I had researched a, uh, a platform, a, a cryptocurrency platform that uh, there's a few of them actually. If you think of like Steemit and you think of Incent called like Poet, uh, Incent, yeah. So I think there's a, c- a couple people out there playing with different, I guess, delivery mechanisms or distribution. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what that, how that plays out. Yeah, the, I think the pie will grow for creators. So that'll be interesting. Um, and like you said, whether that's good or bad, whether that means people have to be creators all the time instead of just living their life to get paid, it's maybe there's some downsides. Um, so let, let's cover the last thing we want to discuss today and we can sign off here. Uh, sure. The Samsung S10 or Galaxy S10 phone, uh, that was just announced. And, and what struck you about that? So we've got a big theme today, obviously, of cryptocurrency. <laughs> um, but they're going to include uh, private private crypto key storage uh, native on the phone, which uh, they're the first phone maker that at least major phone maker to offer that functionality. And to me, it just feels like uh, if you remember back when you got the first, your first phone that connected to the internet, um, it feels like we're at the same kind of inflection point when it comes to the internet of money. Um, And I just remember when I, when I got that first phone with the internet, I I was just like, what am I going to do with this? I'm not, how am I even going to use this? And if you fast forward to today, you could have never imagined how much, like I can't walk out of the room without my phone. Um, And I just feel like we're probably at the same stage when it comes to the internet of money and cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. So I'm just so excited to see uh, something that could be a vehicle to uh, mass adoption um, coming again to fruition here. So I'm just excited about uh, that vehicle of mass adoption. I think that's a great way of framing it. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's such a small thing, but 
having a native wallet built into your phone that lets you transfer transfer value through any application on that phone, um, yeah, might be a really big shift that is hard for us to see right now. But like you said, eventually becomes so obvious that we were like, wow, why would a phone not have internet, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's pretty fascinating. I'd have to agree with you. And I think that's a, a good way of framing it. Um, and the, the other thing I saw, which is, is pretty related is the, the new Google, I think pixel phone. This is, I'm not sure if this is confirmed or a rumor, but on the keyboard, when you pull up, uh, the currencies on the keyboard, it's got the dollar, it's got the Euro, it's got, you know, yen, and then there's a Bitcoin symbol now. Um, so I, I heard someone saying that the, the newest Google pixel, um, maybe it's the unreleased one or maybe it's an update that's coming. Um, yeah, has, has a Bitcoin symbol on the keyboard. So that's pretty interesting too. Um, and I think that, you know, what if you're just texting someone and if you use that symbol with however many dollars you want, you know, or I guess Bitcoin, um, if you can just text money in that way or, so maybe that's an example of something that could happen when you've got a wallet built in to a phone. Yeah. And I, and I think about this too, the, like the other way that it kind of popped into my head was if you think about your phone, if you look at all of the legacy technology that this phone has made obsolete, fax machine, uh, having a separate camera for 99.9% of people, your TV, basically them. every tool that you use, now the phone is going to be swallowing up all these legacy institutions of banks and insurance mm-hmm. and just all of these other industries and technologies couldn't be obsoleted by your cell phone. Yeah. And it's sort of a, a key or a passport in some ways as well. Um, and, and a wallet. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap it there. Uh, as always, there's so much happening. Um, yeah, definitely a little crypto focus this week. Uh, but I will continue to test betterment. We will link everything up in the show notes. So you can check out all the links to this news and also these, um, these different tools and applications. You can find us on Twitter at new money list. Uh, we've been putting together a list of all these different financial products in an Airtable form that you can find on our Twitter. And uh, yeah, not, not financial advice, just information. Uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Mike. All right. Talk to you soon, man. Bye. Yeah, bye.